Okay, biggest uh, hope for this movie. That they do our girl some justice. Come on, like they did her so dirty in Endgame, they better do her right this time around. Okay, and biggest fear? They screw her over all over again. <laughs> okay, my biggest hope is that she is alive. Um, I've held onto this like headcanon for like, I don't know, it feels like 300 years at this point, but of <laughs> uh, Steve going back in time and saving her. Don't know how, but he can do it. (laughs) Um, The realistic hope is, um, you know, that we get some interesting stuff out of her family and her background and maybe get, you know, one of them to, like, join this new round of Avengers and, like, you know, that it feels meaningful and that it feels like her legacy is being carried on even if she's not alive again at the end. Um, Biggest fear? (laughs) I think you put it best. Jen. Yeah, that they just screw her over again. Yeah. They... Oh. Yeah. You ready for this? No, but we must venture forth anyway. We can do this. All right. Okay, so post immediate post watch reaction. Yeah, folks, just it was awesome. Do not get me wrong, it was so awesome things made sense and we did our girl justice but you said it aptly Bridget that this would have been better watching it five years ago yeah and that's how I feel that's 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 really my reaction and dang it man I still I I wanted it so bad for her to be like psych I'm alive you know I survived because I needed it Um, And it just makes me extra bitter about, you know, people saying, and by people I mean, like, the people who made the decision to kill her off saying, like, well, Clint had a family. I'm like, she literally had two. (laughs) You don't. She had a sister. Like, no. So it's like, it's this weird feeling of, like, I am so glad this movie was good. And that it was directed by women, woman and written by woman, and like I think multi- I forget how many people were attached to it, but like I know at least one woman <laughs> writer was attached to this, and and like that you know the story was good, the plot was good, and like we find out what happened in Budapest, and I'll never be able to say Budapest again after that. <laughs> um, so, you know, and all those things that, like, it's going to have new resonance for me, I think, when I, whenever I see Avengers again or anything that Natasha is in, it's going to have, there are new layers that have been added that I really appreciate having, and I would not trade that for the world. I just really wish that it was not after the fact of her being fridged, um, or at the very least have hinted at, the, like, her being alive, would have made it perfect for me. It would have made it perfect for me, and I would have been, like, so happy. Like, and it, I, it, okay, it wouldn't have made sense or whatever. I feel like there, fanfic writers have come up plenty of ways for it to have made sense. <laughs> like, I know that there is, there are so many fix-its out there that would have, you just would need to refer to one to a fix But that being said, within the limitations that, like, the people who made this movie had, they did a great job. Well said, well said, because, like, literally throughout the movie, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is good, but I wasn't like, yeah, yeah, kick his ass, Natasha, you know, I wasn't, like, my usual excited self, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, no, 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 they're doing everything right, you know, why aren't I excited, and 
Bridget afterwards had pointed out, you know, I think it's the fact that there's that bitterness in the back of my head. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I think that might be it. Because I, I think, like, if they would have done this, like, four or five years ago, around the time uh, Captain Marvel came out, I think I would have been a little more hyped. And don't get me wrong, again, it was awesome. They did everything right. They gave more to her character than just the token girl that she initially started off as, you know? Mm-hmm. And folks, logically speaking, I knew she wasn't going to be alive again, but I, I was kind of hoping for it. And now, instead, I'm worried that Julia Louise Dreyfus's character, Valentina, is going to continue with her meddling because now she told Yelena, oh yeah, this is the guy that killed your sister. And, you know, picture of Clint. And I'm just like, what does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know. I guess it means she's going to be the antagonist of the Hawkeye series. Um, I will say, too, I got what I wanted out of... Not, that sounds like I, like I need to get something from this character, but I really loved her introduction, and I thought she was great. And I won't go... This is just an initial reaction, but like I really loved her and her relationship with Natasha. And it already like was starting to mean something to me, and I think it would have meant more to me if I thought there was a future to it, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, those are my those are my initial feelings and reactions. So, would you would you tell someone to go see this movie? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would too. With the mixed feelings that I have, I would too. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nerd. all right everybody welcome uh before we get started i want to take a moment to say that as residents of los angeles county we acknowledge our presence including virtual presence on the traditional ancestral and unceded territory of indigenous people who are variously referred to as the gabrielino tongva people and keech nation i am your host bridget pronoun she hers I'm Jen with a G, pronoun she, hers. How's it going, everybody? Oh my gosh, finally we are here for the review that probably should have been done like a couple weeks ago, but in our defense, we had vacation, plus there was a lot of feelings surrounding this movie, just just so many feelings. Oh my gosh, like Bridget and I, as sort of like a celebration for getting back into movie theaters instead of watching things like virtually or over zoom, we decided that black widow had to be the first movie we saw in theaters together. So we did, we got, we sat down, got some snacks. We were socially distanced. We watched and we were underwhelmed. (laughs) Well, okay. No, I don't want to quite say that at least for me. Um, I was underwhelmed. (laughs) So the thing is, for, for me, I said, right after we'd watched the movie, it was good, but it should have come out five years ago. And I still feel that way. So, um, you know, I we recorded, like, our initial, like, well, just before and just after um, the movie. So I, I think you heard, like, our, our first reactions, our first um, sentiments. But now that I've taken you know, uh, a few weeks to really digest it and also to watch it a second time um, from the convenience of home, it it did hit differently. And But before I get into it, that actually, like, speaking of, like, the whole streaming Black Widow thing, I feel mm. like we'd be remiss not to talk about this real 
real life thing that's happening. Um, in case you live under a rock and don't know, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney over the whole Black Widow deal because um, according to her contract, she was promised a uh, specifically uh, strictly theatrical release for Black Widow and like her like, you know, bonus money was like attached to that and how it performed in the box office. But Disney also at the same time was out in theaters, opened it up for premiere access on Disney Plus. And so, you know, it obviously underperformed because we're still in a pandemic, um, you know, in the theaters. And if people don't have to risk their lives to sit in a movie theater with strangers, you know, they're not going to, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and even for me, like, I was like, I knew I was going to see it a second time, but then I was like, I might as well just watch it from home this time, though. You know, so like, that was like, that much less money that would technically that went into the box office money, right? And exactly. so, so yeah, um, so Scott Johansson is is suing. And then Disney, you know, try to strike back and saying like, oh, so callous about the pandemic. And it's like, excuse me didn't you aren't you opening your parks right now <laughs> like who's judging who about like not caring about the pandemic um and also like okay look i think the internet rightfully so like people at large um or not 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 all people at large i guess but a lot of people have mixed feelings about scarlett johansson i have kind of mixed feelings about scarlett johansson but you know and like on the other and the other hand too it's like for me when i first heard the news i was like oh boohoo another billion dollar actor didn't get another million or something um but at the same time it did feel like well okay like according to you didn't need renegotiate the contract when you decided to release it in streaming like that wasn't an actual conversation when it should have been and it's like i really doubt you would have done this to rdj I really doubt that you would have done it to any white man, um, <laughs> you know? And so, like, I mean, I think uh, Caroline put it best. It's, like, really, like, that, like, Disney treated everybody who wasn't RDJ as disposable, you know? And anyone who isn't a white man has been waiting in the wings and yet to, like, see, you know, Scarlett Johansson kind of get screwed over like that. And, like, in other news, too, I mean, I don't know if you heard about this as well, but, like, um, you know, there was like Star Wars, like writers who said that there was royalties that Disney refused to pay after like having pur- purchased Lucasfilm. So there's like, Disney's withholding a lot, you know, from from certain people who, you know, contractually should be getting certain things. No one's really surprised. But, um, you know, it's just kind of like this whole thing about, ah, yes, uh, corporate and capitalism, racism and sexism and all the things. So it like, you know, there's this real life sort of like, ah, okay. So like, you know, uh, this character gets screwed over in MCU and then her actress gets kind of screwed over in real life. Yeah, it's <laughs> big shock, honestly. Um, we'd be remiss not to comment on it. I mean, what, what, how did you react when you first heard? Not gonna lie, I laughed. Like, <laughs> I-, I swear, when it came up and I think it was you who sent that text in the group chat and mm-hmm. I just... I take one look at it and I just burst into like this hysterical laughter, you know, just like, I'm pretty sure I was crazy. Like my mother just gave me a look like, what, you know, and I'm just like, oh, you are not going to believe this one. Because literally within the hysterical laugh was the thought, of course, I'm not surprised because it's like you said, there's like so many layers to this where on the one hand, yeah, you know, it's, I'd like to think it wouldn't hurt Scarlett Johansson to not earn that much money when she's already earning so much because I'm, I I have no sympathy for the absurdly wealthy. I I really don't. I'm sorry, but 
But on the other hand, I'm like, it would be Scarlett Johansson. It couldn't have been like RDJ, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth. But let's put it this way. They would not do it to RDJ, not only because he's who he he is, you know, a white male actor, but because they know he would throw a shitstorm. Like he would throw such a diva temper tantrum that the people who would dare screw him over will never see work again. But let's put it this way. If they would have done it to say Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, if they would have done it, then you know how many people would have been in an uproar more so than people are for uh, Black Widow? Because from what I'm understanding from the Internet, people are more in an uproar about this whole Black Widow thing, not because they're in defense of Scarlett Johansson, but they're more like, damn it, Disney, you greedy bastard. You know, it's less about like standing up for the actress and more about going against the man, so to speak. But I don't think Disney would have done that to Chris Evans or to Chris Hemsworth or even any of the other male actors because they just know. Like, I just feel like they would not do that sort of injustice because it's super shady that they went back on their deal when there's clear evidence that where they emailed their promise like, look, no, we definitely totally promise to only release this in theaters if we need to renegotiate something because of the pandemic we'll let you know you know we'll talk to you we'll work something out like there is clear terms in email where they promise this only to like apparently they had their fingers crossed behind their back the whole time and we're like nah you know because no matter what they still get money they just happen to get more money they get the better deal now that it's streaming on disney plus because well, Disney Plus, Disney gets the money. No, no kidding. So honestly, even if they were thinking altruistically, and I seriously doubt they were because it's like you said, Bridget, they're corporate. But if they were thinking altruistically, they should have been the the better person and be like, yo, Scarlett Johansson, you know, it's just, it's still not quite safe. Not a lot of people are comfortable. And I know you want your royalties, but maybe we can renegotiate another deal. Or even if we can't, you know, you got to think about the sake of the uh, your viewers. You know, not everyone is comfortable going back. You know, that's just, I don't, I don't want to put our audience under that pressure. You know, it's, people are going to be upset, you know, something. They literally could have spun it another way, but instead they did the shadiest thing ever by just releasing it anyway without prior knowledge to Scarlett Johansson or her lawyers or whoever's representing her. And that's, that's what pisses me off. Because, of course, I'm not surprised Disney would do this. I like the idea of Disney where they have these awesome family films and such. Because I, I love their movies. But, man, they do not treat their people well. Time and time again, I keep hearing about how people get royally screwed over out of their contracts. Or people are badmouthed or kicked out for speaking up. And more often than not, it's like the minorities and women that get all this crap, you know. Just think about it for a second. Would they have pulled this kind of stunt on any of the other actors? Nah, I don't think so. And if they would have, people would have definitely been more on the actor's side. I think that's what would have made them hesitate partially in the first place. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Chris Evans has a huge fan base. Oh, no, Chris Hemsworth has his own huge fan. Nope, Paul Rudd is beloved. That is America's sweetheart. Nope, can't do it, you know. But they figured, eh, no one really likes her anyway. Let's, let's just, we need more money. You know, so I really, really hope that uh, Scarlett Johansson wins this because, again, even though I'm not for the rich getting richer and all that, it's still not right. It's 
it's the it's the what's the phrase i'm looking for it's the principle of the thing thank you the principle yeah. of the thing i mean it and really two, is. if they're doing it to you know a, like a quote a-list actor like scarlett johansson like imagine like I mean like you mentioned earlier the other creatives the other crew and people and staff that they're screwed they have screwed over that don't have like the name brand and the power and the lawyer and the money to like go toe to toe with disney you know so mm-hmm. you know like recognizing like you know those unknown people and those unknown names out there of people who are also like yeah screwed over by disney and not given their dues for the blood sweat and tears that made the magic happen and exactly so yeah um so just recognizing you know scarlet's hard work and other people's hard work on this film and in disney at large and you know it, yeah, but like basically, it's I'm kind of like you. I'm like, oh, of course, not surprised, you know. And you know, I think I hope for like you know the sake of other people who who can potentially have the grounds to like more of the grounds to fight back that her you know the case goes well for for Scarlett Johansson, potentially Emily Blunt. I think there was talk about that too. And and uh, what's her oh my name? Gosh. Emma Emma Stone. Yeah, it's a lot lot going on. Um, so anyways, um. I think that's enough, though, in terms of that news bite, unless you had any other comments to say, but. No, I'm just surprised that it didn't make me more bitter than I initially was before. I mean, it did kick our butts into gear. I'm like, okay, when are we going to talk about Black Widow now? (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I didn't want to talk about it. I I was really excited to talk about it again. It was just like I had to recover and get, you know, get back into work mode after, you know, our trip and and everything. And again, I just need that time to, like, step away from the movie and really think about it. And how I felt about it, and um, to read a little bit of my own fix it fic just to feel better. Um, <laughs> nice. Because yeah, no, because I was really, I was real bummed out, you know, by how, like, just let down. I'm like, I I know it was like unreasonable to hope for her to be like, spoiler alert, alive at the end of this movie, <laughs> for her not to be, you know. But I I had extra time because of the pandemic to just hold on to that belief. You know, and for that last minute turnaround, like, aha, she's not dead. No one ever dies in Marvel, you know, but of <laughs> course she's the one who doesn't get that resurrection. Even Loki does. Like, come on. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, oh, no. yeah, so, you know, so all that aside, though, um, it was actually really helpful for me the second watch around, like, you know, a few weeks out from watching it the first time. Because, yeah, I don't know, it was just a more enjoyable experience. Like, I felt like I had a little bit of emotional distance from my own, like, disappointment and bitterness. Like, it was still there. And, like, the things that bothered me about the way they ended her character arc obviously still bother me. But I was able to really just, like, ease into the movie and relax and enjoy it for what it was. And, you know, what it is, I think, is is a solid Marvel movie. It's not like, oh, this is my favorite Marvel, Marvel movie of all time. Like, that's still Captain America the Winter Soldier, which, ironically, is still kind of a Black Widow movie. But <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, but that's, like, that's how I feel, like, kind of looking at it with a, with a step back. I don't know about you. You know, it's interesting because, like, I did my best not to think too hard about the movie while I was rewatching it the second time. And partially it was because I might have mentioned before that I was multitasking when I was watching the movie. You know, I was working on something for an internship. 
but I was still watching it, you know, and I had the subtitles on, so I was definitely able to catch some things that I wasn't able to catch before. So, um, that being said, even with my mind slightly distracted, I did make an effort to be like, all right, you know what? Don't think about the unfairness of the world and how jaded you are and don't think about how they just did Black Widow so dirty, you know, and that this movie really should have come out five years ago. Don't think about it. Just, you're watching a movie. Spy movie. Okay, let's do this, you know? So it was definitely a different experience. I was less bitter and I was able to think of things more um, objectively than subjectively. And it's like you said, it's a solid Marvel movie on its own. Like even, again, getting rid of all the circumstances in the context of the movie, I give this movie like a solid B, B plus. It just, it did things well. The musical score was just fire. Like I loved it before, but I just got to really appreciate it the second time around where I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, it got me pumped, you know. The villain was a disgusting POS, you know, and I was able to hate him just a little more than I already did. And I got to appreciate Black Widow as a character and her other characters that made up her family. So definitely the second time watching it around was a much better experience. And I came out of it actually satisfied this time rather than just confused and frustrated here. So... That being said, what shall we discuss first? That's a that's a good question. Um, I think the I think the first thing I want to talk about is the theme of family. Um, I don't know if if uh, our listeners will know or remember we did um like a deep dive into Natasha as a character. Like, my gosh, was it a year ago? Two years ago? I don't even know anymore. Uh, what is time? And when, when was Endgame? I think we did it sometime after Endgame. So what? Three years ago? Two years no, ago? No, no, it was not three years ago. There's no way. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but we were we we kind of touched on, I think on that one, and also the personality series that we did of like how you know Natasha sees the Avengers as her family, and you know for her, I I I do believe that. Um, I know Caroline jokes about the Avengers just being a crime-fighting book club, and I think that is true, <laughs> um, you know, in terms of, like, the overall team. But, you know, I think of, like, this more, like, uh, the smaller enclave, so to speak, of, you know, her and Steve and Sam and, you know, later Wanda, too. And, you know, that felt like more of a tight-knit group who were really close with one another and had each other's backs and, you know, had a genuine emotional connection. I mean, I think, you know, and, and like her and, and Clint, you know, had their own, their own special little thing going on. And we'll touch on that relationship later. Um, but, you know, it, it was this whole thing. I remember, do you remember, Jim, we were talking about her personality type on like the marriage Briggs or whatever. And it was like, you'll even see your coworkers as your friends. If you don't have, you know, or your friends or your coworkers as your family, you know, if you don't have like technically like a family, so to speak, of your own, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's so Natasha. Like <laughs> she creates these, you know, deep emotional bonds with like, you know, her like quote, you know, coworkers. And there's so much more than that to her. And, you know, that means a lot, lot to me, um, in terms of like her own character. Like that whole day idea of like found family, I think, is an important one. And, you know, if I think for someone like her to you know, have grown up with a lot of, I mean, she says it herself, read in her ledger, and I think it could be very isolating. You know, she's a trained killer, and I think, you know, she's and also a spy, and that involves, like, a lot of isolation, right? Um, like, literally and metaphorically and emotionally, you know? So the idea of her, you know, opening up her heart to 
you know, her team like that and, you know, finding that family and making her own family and finding her own place in the world, you know, and seeing how, yeah. And just like, I wish I had gotten to see that culminate in a better way for her than her just dying for her family. I think, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, you know, that being said, you know, that that's been like a very strong theme, I think, with her character in general. So um, it was interesting to see that come into play again with with a different family. So, you know, when it's revealed that like her like life in Ohio, when she had the amazing blue hair, you uh-huh. know, and uh, had two parents and a little sister, like I had just assumed that it was like a false memory implants because, you know, I mean, from the comics, that's definitely a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so like I thought like, oh, it's a hallucination or a false memory implants and stuff like that. Um, like I, I, I always thought it was like, you know, before watching it, I was like, oh, it's just not real, you know, but then it was like, oh, they actually did it. Like that was a, it was like an undercover op- operation that lasted uh, for three years. But, you know, as far as the real world goes, yeah, it was real. Like they actually did that. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't a false memory. I was like, that's, that, that wasn't a direction I expected it to go with that. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too, because the first time around, I didn't really think much about that scene. I was just like, delightfully surprised, like, oh, young Natasha, (gasps) her hair is blue, you know, like, I'm like one of those people who's like, oh, shiny object, you know, so I didn't really think too hard of of that moment. I didn't, it did not cross my mind that it could have been a false memory. In fact, I was wondering if that was when she was going to get taken away, because I know, like, part of her origin story was, if I'm remembering this right, Natasha's family had debts. So they kind of sold Natasha to the Red Room to clear off their debts. I can't remember if that's accurate or not, or if I'm just misremembering. But I do know she did have a family before she was taken away. I figured that was the family, you know. And then uh, seeing Alexi as like her dad and then Rachel Wee's um, Melina as her mom. I was just like, so is that her real parents? Or were they the parents that happened to take her away at a young age? You know, I didn't really... I didn't really know at the time, only to find out, oh, that was uh, that was just a three-year thing going on. Yeah, because I'm thinking, even during that moment where Melina and Natasha are going over the fake photo album, they're like, oh yeah, we planted pictures of Easter and Christmas and Thanksgiving all in one day. You know, and even though I knew the presents were, the boxes of princes, presents were empty, I felt that they were real because I wanted to open them. I figured... You know, three years is uh, is still a significant amount of time to play family. And especially since for uh, little Yelena, she felt it was real the entire time. And even though, like, Natasha seemed a little, not aloof, but definitely not as emotionally invested as Yelena when she was young. And you can definitely see, like, the little looks that she's giving her quote-unquote parents when they're making a run for it. Like, that, here we go, you know. But there are moments where you could tell she's really into her her uh, fake family. Like when she and Yelena were about to be separated from uh, their parents and Nat just goes ballistic on these dudes, pulls a gun and she's like, don't touch her. Don't touch her. You know, get away from her. I was like, oh, that's real right there. That was that was real love for this little girl who she probably felt bad for at first. Like, 
uh, this little three-year-old girl is going to be put into the red room one day. You know, there was definitely affection that grew within that three-year span. And, you know, and you see hints of it more throughout. But I'll admit, like, during the first watching of the movie, I was just like, you guys aren't really a family. Are you guys trying to, like, grasp at straws here? You know, but now, rewatching it a second time, I'm like, no, 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 I, I can see that now. I can see that realistically them actually becoming close because even though Alexi was kind of you know complaining about the losing out on his glory days and having to you know sit down and be idle and out of the action for three years and how he was bored you can tell he truly did care about his family you know and beyond his attraction to Melina he actually seemed to like being a dad to Natasha and Yelena he remembered Yelena's uh, favorite song and he seemed proud of the, the, that his two girls had so much red in their ledger. Like, yes, killing. Yes, you've taken on the family business. Because, you know, despite that he was there to do a job, you could tell he genuinely cared about the people he was assigned to be with, you know. And it seemed that Melina kind of caught on to the feelings, too, even though it was less obvious with her at the time, you know. But it, like, pops up later when you see that when you saw that she kept the photo album and that... She was seemingly genuinely happy to see them, you know. So I was definitely more on board with the whole, yeah, that was her found family kind of thing going on. And it just made me all the more heartbroken where I'm like, oh, they're going to miss her so much, you know. And we definitely see that with Yelena, you know. I'm curious to see if they'll bring back Alexi and Melina, you know, sometime in the future, see their reactions if they want to get revenge against a clint or whatever you know so definitely into the whole family theme going on because you know i honestly agreed with what caroline said about the avengers not really being a family but now that you mention it bridget i can see how nat, nat was more thinking about like some portions of the avengers as uh, steve sam wanda and clint that's her family like, I think she was starting to get to know Vision, and she and Tony never really fully trusted each other to be family, and I don't want to talk about her and Bruce, you know, I'm trying to think uh, anyone else that I might be missing, but yeah, and then everyone else who became the Avengers later on, well, she was kind of separated at the time, but the few people that you mentioned, yeah, that's her family. I mean, Clint trusted her enough to introduce her to his actual family and know that she'll keep them a secret. They spent time together in Budapest that we finally got hints, more hints to this time. So I can agree that, yeah, she did see most of the Avengers as like her family. I can see that now, now that you put it in this way. And she's got another family now. So honestly, with the theme of family, I felt like I was more uh, sold on the idea of Black Widow seeing these people as her family. Because for a while, I was just like, no, that's not really your family. It's just kind of a twisted way to think that since this is all you known that's what you consider family and that's kind of messed up but now i'm like you know what yeah her situation was messed up but she actually got a pretty sweet deal like alexi and melina well melina you could tell definitely has some darkness in her if she created a mind what basically is a mind control serum or whatever and was willing to let pigs die just to demonstrate it you know you see that darkness but she still loved her uh, kids and Alexi still loved his kids too like literally Natasha and Yelena could have been raised by these sociopaths 
But instead, they actually had a semi-decent upbringing for like three years of their life, you know? So, yeah, I'm on board with the family theme, and it makes me all the more sad knowing that that two families have lost out on Natasha now. It makes me extra, like, when I think about that line of, like, you know, does she have any family? Which I'm like, Tony, you've known her for how long? And then Steve's saying, like, just, you know, just us. And I'm like, that's not true! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Steve, I love you, but, like, you were not. And... You know, there's this big question mark around Natasha's life, even with people who were supposedly so close to her, you know, that I'm like, mm, you didn't think this through, like Marvel. Like, I, I don't even blame the characters at that point. I'm just like, Marvel, writers, you just didn't think about it. You just didn't think ahead, you know? Um, and, um, yeah, so, but anyway, um, my like I yeah so I I as soon as I actually started watching the movie I realized it it wasn't an illusion I only thought that before I started watching the movie um but yeah as I was watching it it was it like the opening is so interesting like it feels mm-hmm. like such a like oh you know it starts with the, them whistling to each other and like oh they're competing against you know by you know being upside down, who will fall first, Natasha cheats, and Yelena falls over, you know, scrapes her knee, and then the mom comes out, and is very soothing, tells them about bioluminescence, which gives you a hint already into her, like, science brain, Melina's yeah. science brain. You know, and they're at the dinner table, it's all very, like, family, but as soon as Alexi comes in, you see, like, kind of, like, the haunted look on his face, and then you see, like, the way that, like, Melina's face falls, like, no, like, she doesn't want to leave, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, Natasha has more of that self-awareness to realize, like, oh, this adventure that, like, Yelena is so excited about is the thing that will separate us, you know? And, like, when she goes, she tries to die for the photo album and Melina doesn't let her take it. Probably because she knew that, like, they were going to take it from Natasha if she did have it with her. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know? And it, it's so heartbreaking when they cut to, like, you know, the, them separating the girls. Oh, anyway. Um, but going back to the the family, though... I, you know, I feel more mixed on Alexi than you do. Um, I think he's, I mean, I don't think he'll disagree with me on this, but, like, he's very self-centered. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's kind of just, like, so focused on himself. I mean, I felt like for, even, like, as they're packing up to go, he's just focused on, like, oh, this mission's finally ending, you know, and I finally get to be, like, the powerful Red Guardian again. And even when, like, um, he's like, I'll take care of it when Natasha is, like, um, you know, brandishing the gun and, you know, he talks her down. But he's, you know, he's just like, you know, she's like, she's only six, you know, and he, he, I feel like his attitude was kind of callous still. Like, he was gentle, but at the same time, I felt like he was just like, all right, let's just, like, calm the girl down so that, like, what's done needs to be done. What, yeah, what needs to be done is done. Sorry, words. Um, you know, and like I felt like he had kind of more of this like emotional distance. And not that I didn't believe that he didn't like care about um, you know, Natasha or Yelena or, or Melina in his own way. Um, but I felt like it was like a step removed, I think, even from Melina. Um but it's hard to say. Um, you know, he he did also attempt to make emotional monologues, and he got cut off like all, <laughs> all all the times. But like, even when he was trying to make those monologues, I'm just like, I don't I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> so I'm like, it's just as well that you were cut off. Um, but yeah, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like, I'm like, I don't know if I 100% buy it. Like, I think he did care about them, but, like, I don't think he ever really considered himself, like, their father or whatever, um, you know. And maybe, like, Melina didn't either, but I, the thing I really liked about, you know, Rachel's acting and that I feel like she's very good at that, that subtle, like, undercurrents on her face of, like, you know, the quiet devastation of, like, oh, we are going to be separated, you know? And... Yes, there's that coldness and that darkness, and, you know, the, there's that line where she says to Natasha, like, well, if you got soft, it wasn't on my watch, you know, so she's obviously still this hardened spy, but then she says, you know, how she's been through the, she went through the Red Room four times before Natasha was even born. That's And insane. you're like, yeah, you know, and she talks about herself as, like, you know, the mouse in the wheel, or the mouse, hamster in the wheel, I forget the exact rodent. No, she said, but... she said mouse, even mouse, though I was okay. thinking hamster. Because... Yeah, I'm just like, well, now that I say it, is is mouse correct? That sounds kind of weird. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, so like, you know, her, her coldness and her, you know, it that is like, you know, very much just like disturbing, right? Like when you think of like the scene with the pig, um, but then you're like, well, she went through the red room, red room four times before Natasha was even born. And it's like, how much more has she gone through since then, right? And the only, like, the, the mental manipulation that she has gone through as well. And it's like, it's obviously very messed up, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the fact that it's all, all, you know, an undercover op in the first place, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, I think, I think you did feel like this, like, sort of weird, like, and I don't mean weird in a bad way of just like, you know, like don't slouch and like, you know, or the parent, the parents flirting with each other and like, oh my God, just being like, oh, gross, you know, it, it, something about it felt very like, you know, typical family in a way, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, there was this like humor that I, I, this humor and this familiarity. I think like there's a specific type of humor that you have with your family. I think then is different than you have like with your friends or your coworkers. Like it's a very specific type of like they know just how to get you in their you know in their little jabs. Um, maybe my family's just messed up in that way, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know it 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 felt like you know I I really like the chemistry of of that you know all of them together. It, like they were fun to watch, but at the same time. It, there's this other like weird layer of right like it wasn't real you know like Natasha is very firmly like you know she's obviously in denial about it feeling real for her but she's just like no it's not real you're not our parents all of it was fake it was all a lie you know and the devastation in Yelena's face like it was real to me that was the best those were the best years of my life and you're telling me they were fake oh. you know and it's like it, it really is so tragic and heartbreaking and so to see like you know Natasha's like mini mini emotional arc for the movie to come to a place where she is willing to say yeah no it was real for me too and she calls her little sister and it's just like you know um and it was very deep and meaningful um but okay so speaking of though the the part of the like the family dynamic that I think worked the most for me was her relationship with Yelena. Am I right? Of course, of course, yes. Oh my gosh, I was there for it all day, every day, and I appreciated it more the second time around because I enjoyed it the first time around. Don't get me wrong, but I like loved it on a deeper level the second time around, especially since I had the subtitles on, so I was able to catch every single dry 
witty humor jab that Yelena had to offer that you could tell like Natasha had growing up, you know, and could have had growing up had they stayed together. But the kind of humor that they just bounced off each other, just, oh, oh, so good. It was just the kind of sisterly affection you would expect from two secret spy assassins would have, you know, just like back and forth, you know, but it's like super dry, you know, and you can tell that Natasha's trying not to be amused by her little sister's antics. Yes, yes. And like, do you remember the fight scene? Um, you know, when they're in the, in the apartment and I, you know, they're trying to kill each other and I'm like, sisters, man, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the way it is. It'd be oh, like yeah. that sometime. <laughs> yeah. My sister and I fight like that all the time. Like yeah. <laughs> I go to visit her in Santa Barbara and we're like pointing guns at each other and we're just, yeah, going back and forth. Very, very choreographed, you know, just, yeah, yeah totally how it goes. But like, no, I mean, you know, and like, I just like loved how like Yelena gave Natasha like such a hard I mean they both gave each other a hard time but Yelena more so just like a little sister oh yeah she's like you know you're a total poser like with the hair I, flip you think everyone's seriously. looking at you I was like oh my gosh that was so funny I like what that was one of the other great things about watching on demand is I could replay it like a thousand times and just laugh <laughs> Every single time when she's imitating the pose is like, you know, the cashiers in the back <laughs> and like, you know, you flip your hair and, you know, like everyone's watching you and it's just so funny. And when she like imitates her later when she's to her, you know, by herself, she drops down, does the hair flip and then she stands up and shudders like, oh, gross. Oh my god! <laughs> like she had yes. tried it out. Yeah. Or like when, um you know, she was talking about her vest, like all the pockets you could have so much stuff in here you wouldn't even know and like you know natasha teases her like you know about like oh yeah the vest and she's like well it was the first thing i was able to buy for myself and there's this layer of sadness right because that's the first thing she was able to buy for herself as someone of her own mind and of her own yeah. ability and power you know but and then like later natasha like is just like it is a pretty cool vest she's like right you know i'm just like oh you're so cute yelena i love you and then she gives it to her at the end and that's what she's wearing at the end it's like oh okay i'm not crying you are no i am crying um you know it's their yeah their their dynamic was just so special like and i think the it came with emotional punches though i mean like i said there's that very sad scene in the beginning where you see all the girls being lined up and they're they're being ripped apart you know and natasha like you know fumbles to give like the photo booth um photos to yelena as like the last key say like take it you know and when the vials she finds the vials with the with the photos attached like oh it's yelena you know like the photos just keep popping up like kind of very subtly throughout the movie you know and you know, photos is an interesting, like, visual piece because, especially because, you know, we talked about it earlier, like, the fake family album with the fake holiday photos, right? And it's, like, this captured moment that is just done for show, right? That is done just for the mission. And I I feel like that resembles Natasha's whole life, right? I mean, there's that pivotal, pivotal conversation she has with Steve about, like, well, who do you want me to be, you know? And I'm not all, you know... I forget exactly what she says in this moment, but like, you know, not all things are the same to all people and neither am I. Like that she's ever changing, that she adapts and is whoever people want her to be in that moment. 
and is never never really gets to be her own person and it's always yeah it's always for the mission it's always for the appearance and it's all you know for show right yeah and i think there's something really interesting about that like the photos as a symbol of that you know as a you know for her for her as a character and also for her family you know it's like oh it's this fake and not fake and part of it was real but part of it wasn't and like the fabrication of it like it's not a false memory um technically speaking like implanted in her brain but like you know at the same time it kind of is right and it's it's playing with that of like the whole illusion and what's real and not real and like who are you really like the question of identity and you know who how well do you know yourself um and how well do you know the people around you and yeah um so it just it you know puts in this like sort of like it just you know sticks a heart right through this like what would otherwise otherwise be like a wholesome family film if it wasn't black widow right uh-huh. it's like there's a slice right through the back where it's just like ah you know of like it's all it's all for show and um you know you can't have real real family so to speak and you know, obviously you find that, you know, she finds at the end of the movie, like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, it was real to me and it was real to you. And that's what mattered. And it's it's just really beautiful. And I love seeing that come together, specifically through her relationship with Yelena. And honestly, I think it almost makes the whole movie. No, it worked really well. And it especially helped that the actresses had pretty good chemistry. Like, I don't know what their relationship is like in real life. But Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh playing the characters that they were at, were really well done. They just played off each other very well. There was this natural sisterly chemistry between them. It just worked really well in just so many ways. And it just really showed on screen. And kudos to the actresses and kudos to the writers for getting their dialogue down. Because like I mentioned before, I was all in, intrigued and amused by the back and forth between them, you know, and such. It was very sisterly, but also very real to their characters. It wasn't forced. Because even though like young Natasha basically had an idea of what was up, I'm not sure how much she knew about the Red Room, but you know that she knew something at least, that it it was all going to end at some point, you know, and that they can only play Happy Family forever there's still that layer of realness between her and Yelena because even though she's thinking like yeah the adults are full of bs or whatever she's like no I'm gonna take care of this kid this this is my sister we're gonna play together we're gonna I'm gonna comfort her when she falls I'm gonna make sure no one hurts her you know so yeah honestly that was very well done the two's sisterly bond that was incredible done very well acting wise written very well for the dialogue just beautifully written all around seriously that was probably one of the movie's best best features honestly i forget did i already talk about yelena making fun of the hair flip yes it was beautiful (laughs) and like you i had to rewatch it too where i'm just like oh my god because i don't think i remember her reacting in disgust when she did it too she's just like oh and i'm like oh my gosh you know maybe maybe i was so bitter at the time i blocked it out or something but like like rewatching, i'm like oh my god that actually happened you know and it was so good but the what kills me is that there's kind of a layer to that too not only is it funny but you when you think about it the fact that yelena 
knows Natasha enough that she does the hair flip. Like how many times did she maybe have to see her in the red room if they actually got that interaction? But specifically, how many times did she watch Natasha on TV as like an Avenger, you know, doing Avengery things and landing and doing the hair flip for her to realize that's kind of a thing, isn't it? You know, to realize that that's something Natasha actually does instead of just a once or twice thing, because I personally had never noticed it either. And even though I uh, like Natasha as a character, I, I never noticed the hair flip too. I noticed the superhero landing. Thank you, Deadpool. But I did not realize the hair flip. So the fact that Yelena actually took the time to watch her sister do Avengery things on TV and recognize that that's one of her moves is like kind of sweet, you know, because despite the they were kind of cold to each other at first, like, why did you never reach out to me kind of thing? There was still that part of Yelena that's like, I want my sister back. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's like and that's like a hard thing, too, is like, you know, like Yelena feels I'm feels so left behind is left behind. Right. Like, why didn't you come back? And like, you know, to be fair to Natasha, she didn't realize that the, the Red Room was still around, you know, but um, she still didn't go to see her. And like, it's an interesting question. Like, why do you think um, she didn't go, you know, to at least see Yelena? I can see, I can see more why she wouldn't see Alexia and Melina, but like, why not <laughs> seek out um, Yelena? Like, obviously the whole, like, I didn't think you wanted to see me was a lie. So what do you think? I honestly thought there was a little bit of truth to that, you know, but I think it was more because Natasha wanted to cut off all ties to her past as much as possible, like clean break, cold turkey, it never happened now that it's destroyed, and going back to find Yelena only to maybe find out that she's dead or that she followed the Red Room till death or whatever the reason. I don't, I think Natasha was just afraid of what she might find with Yelena, like, who knows like what like in Natasha's mind it's like I don't know what became of this girl and I don't want to bring up all these memories that's obviously going to hurt me when all I want to do is just kind of forget that all that red in my ledger and just try to make up for it I want to move forward I don't want to look into the past that that's my thinking do you have any uh similar thoughts or any other theories no, I think what you're saying makes sense. Um, I haven't, it was just, it was a question because I really wasn't sure the answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why didn't she? That's, it is interesting. I think what you're saying is, does make sense, especially because again, Natasha considers herself this ever changing like person or being, you know, that's very fluid in terms of how she presents herself. So, you know, I think having that anchor to the past would, you know, sort of make that harder for herself, you know, like practically and emotionally. And so, you know, I think, yeah. And I think it's also, again, her denying to herself, like, no, it wasn't real. And I have to accept that, you know, because, you know, obviously she held on to the memories of her family and everything. And like, you know, at the same time, like the thing that she remembers most from Melina is like the pain makes you stronger right yeah like she what repeats you, that again that was that was good yeah, yeah like what you said kept me alive and that's good it helped her su to survive you know but at the same time it's like ugh, you know like that's the thing that she had to hold on to you know from mm -hmm. like mom so to speak um that was another really I think quite beautiful interaction too and insight into Natasha's character is Malia saying to her don't lose your heart and later she asked her like kind of in wonder like how did you not lose your heart 
And I think Natasha's answer is kind of the whole like pain makes you stronger thing. And I think there is truth to that in terms of like, you know, because uh, the heart, having a heart involves like that vulnerability and, you know, softness that like, I think, you know, Natasha certainly has a front to like cover and to protect herself, you know, but like at the same time at her core, right, she has this very strong sense of devotion and protectiveness over the people that she loves. And, you know, I mean, you see that in many ways, I think, I mean, her protectiveness over Yelena is just like one of them, you know, but even Mm -hmm. when, you know, Amelia says, you know, don't lose your heart because Natasha is like, so concerned over her, you know, and like, you know, be okay, you'll be okay, you know, and like, you know, that, that softness and that emotion on on her face and like the compassion that she had, you know, and it was so important for Melina for her to like, for Natasha to hold on to that. And I thought that was really moving as well. And like, yeah, I just really, um, I really like that. Like, you know, because it's so easy to like kind of dismiss Natasha as this cold hearted assassin, right? And I think a very like sort of basic rudimentary understanding of her character would kind of pin her that way. It was like this cold blocked off emotionally unavailable person. And like in some ways that it's kind of true, but it's also not. Um, like she does have like a big fat bleeding heart she just has a better she has a, she has an easier time I think hiding it than say Steve um, <laughs> um. you know so um, that's yeah that was just like something that, that came to mind as, as we were talking about it but anything else about like the family you know this this second fam family overall in terms of that as a theme for you um no just a reiteration that i hope that alexi and melina that we do see them again at some point with a bit of a reaction to natasha's death i would i am curious to see how they feel because even though they seem like family towards the end there after they separated i am curious to see if they genuinely kept in touch a little bit because i know natasha was on the run at the time especially since it's kind of hinted that she went to go rescue the avengers after uh, mason uh, gave her a quinjet or whatever so I'm curious to see if they kind of stuck together as a family, you know, even a couple years later, especially if any of them maybe disappeared after the snap. I, I'm guessing Yelena didn't, but we still don't know with Alexi and Melina. So I'm just, I just want to see him again. That'd be awesome. Um, you assume that Yelena didn't just because she seemed to have a history of Val? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting it, it makes me wonder if it was the last like the ending of the movie when I watched it the second time I was like as I was watching the end of the movie I was like is this the last time they see her alive right yeah right it made me sad it made me sad like for them you know like obviously I was sad for myself because I'm always sad for myself when it comes to Natasha's wrongful death but yeah so I think there was like part of me just like oh they don't get to see her again you know and that's it just sucks it sucks yeah. so bad anyway so, yeah, yeah. That's, that's all i got for family for now and i'm sure more will come up as we're we're talking about other like smaller moments throughout the the movie but um yeah i think the other like big ish topic i i want to talk about was no i mean it's a big topic actually it's it's drakov <laughs> drakov's daughter um, Antonia, um, 
So, I mean, you know, I, I rewatched Avengers semi recently and I've forgotten like the exact name. I know Loki was like hinting at like her past and stuff. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, Dracov's daughter. That's right. We still know what that's about. Now we know what that's about, you know? Yeah. And pretty, it's, you know, it's brutal, you know? But at the same time, it's like, I remember that quote. I remember like um, Caroline saying to me, yeah, well, at the end of the day, you know, she's a reformed villain. And I'm like, you're right. You know, like she's done <laughs> things that she's not proud of. And that is very, I mean, again, it's a very brutal thing. It's like, she just needed out and this was her way out. And, you know, this, this is what she like, she, she did what had to be done for herself really. Right. And yeah. Yeah. She didn't want to kill Antonia, but she knew that Antonia would lead her to Drakov. And in the end, Natasha had to look out for herself because she knew that the Red Room would never leave her alone unless she cut off the head, so to speak, you know? So, and if that meant killing a child, then she's like, well, shoot, so be it. And not without like obvious conflict uh, where she's just like, oh my God, you know, where she hesitates and you could tell that she just does not want to do it, but knows you, you can see that internal struggle in her face. That she doesn't want to do it, but has no choice for her own safety and even for the safety of many, many, many young girls and young women who they were going to brainwash, you know, like alone as it is, the Black Widows who were taken out of that chemical mind control process thingy or whatever, you, there's still, it's hinted that there's still a lot more widows out there that they have to save so to speak so when you think about it on the grand scheme of things yes Natasha did the right thing but that must have weighed on her so hard knowing that she had to kill a kid and what she felt like could have been selfish reasons you know so yeah that red in her ledger I can see that you know killing kids don't don't do that folks but Dracov he was he was a crazy villain just one of the darker ones honestly and Antonia poor baby man just oh my gosh she literally after she's out of the mind control thing she's like is he gone like no love left like whatever piece of her that was floating around in that mind control just you could tell she just hated her father the whole time so it was oh it, it it just broke me but as Taskmaster, oh my gosh, when I found out that Taskmaster was going to be in this movie, like I've read him in comics before and I've seen what he can do and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, this guy can literally mimic fighting stuff. That's insane. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, thank you. That's like evil doppelganger territory almost, you know, so I was excited to see him and then thrown out for him like, oh, it's a girl. Oh my gosh, it's the supposed dead daughter. Oh my gosh, you know, so that was a twist that I like was pretty delighted by honestly yeah I yeah I really I I enjoyed that too especially because like you know like Antonia's armor is very male coded right and like yeah yeah and like that's so obviously unheard of right like she didn't have the boob sculpted (laughs) armor I mean I, I guess that would have given away like given away the plot twist or whatever but it does speak to the whole gendering of of armor that generally happens. And so like, you know, it, it, it was just like that interesting, like sort of like duality of, 
of gender that was at play, I think, with with that suit that honestly shouldn't be at play. Like there should just be gender neutral armor. It should all function the same way, no matter what your body is. But oh, it's a fight for another day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. I, you know, but uh, yeah. So, you know, to, to have it, you know, be her and, you know, it's like, she's so intelligent to like be able to, to see all that and, you know, mimic it exactly. There, there's that mix of like, you know, athletic skill and fighting skill and intellectual skill. That's, that's all at work and just used as a weapon. Right. Part of me wonders like what she'll do with her life now, but um, you know, it's, ah, oh, just the emotional fallout is so, I mean, okay. So you talk about like, she had to kill the kid. I don't think she did have to personally, but like, I mean, as someone who wasn't, you know, like we don't know the full context of like that mission and how it all came together. But as far as Natasha's concerned, it's like, no, this is the only choice I have. And there's this sense of desperation, you know? So I'm not saying I'm not like sympathetic to it. I just, but at the same time, I'm like, Ooh, you know, um, that's a, that's a really brutal way to, to buy your freedom, you know? And she knows that, you know, and you see the, the follow of that. And so I appreciated that. And, you know, um, there, you know, and then the moment when everything is, is falling apart, the whole, the sky is falling basically. Right. Uh-huh. And Natasha happens to, you know, run into Antonio as she's like imprisoned in that glass case, that glass prison. And, you know, and Natasha is obviously like so afraid, right. You know, she, but you know, and she's banging against the wall. She's like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to let you out. And I know you're going to try to kill me you know, but, and, but I know you're still there and I'm not going to leave you. You know, when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, Natasha, you're so stupid, but <laughs> you're doing the right thing. But like, oh, she's going to try to kill you. And I, you know, um, but um, in that moment, though, it, I don't know if you felt this for me. I'm, I always have my Steve, my Steve radar, my Steve dar on. And I, it reminded me of his moment with, with Bucky in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when, you know, he, he successfully, you know, plugs in the device, the world is saved, you know, but he, he lets Bucky beat him into a pulp and just says, I'm not going to leave you. You know, I'm with you to the end of the line. It like was a callback to that. Um, Like the, like that emote, the emotion and the whole, like, no, I am not leaving you no matter what, because I see the humanity in you. Right. Yeah. Because you compare like Antonia and like uh, and Bucky as characters. Right. Like they've been manipulated um, psychologically, physically in every which way and weaponized, you know, as this assassin and not allowed to be a human being. And yet here are Steve and Tasha, you know, saying, no, you are a human being and I recognize your humanity, even at the risk of my own life. You know, I am not I'm going to stay by your side and there's something really beautiful about that parallel. And I, I and I'm saying this on an objective level, I hope, and not a secret Roma, not, not so secret Roma. Not just, <laughs> <laughs> but the parallels are there, right? Like I'm no, not they, just, they I'm, are. Yeah. Not the only one who sees it. Um, it. And it's, it's a very powerful moment. And it's a very, just like, you see how far Natasha has come, you know, to, to have that moment and just say, no, and, you know, I'm not going to make the same mistake again. And it, it's, yeah. And, you know, when Antonio asks her, like, is he gone? And, you know, she doesn't even have the words. She just presses her forehead against hers and just says, yes, yes, he's gone. And uh, it's so devastating. <laughs> uh-huh. 
but you know, at the same it's like such a relief and she's okay. You know, I hope Antonio is like living, Antonio is living like the best possible life right now. I hope that for her so much. Like you don't even know. Um, like I hope that like all the Black Widows form like a little community, you know, their own little Asgard or something. Oh. Yes, this is what I imagine for them. I want that now. It exists, okay? Until they tell us otherwise, that is that is the headcanon. That is that is what that is what happened. Um so, but yeah, so I thought, you know, in terms of like, okay, Dracoff as a villain, I think he served his purpose. I didn't find him that interesting. I found Taskmaster Antonia more interesting. And obviously I don't consider her like a villain because none of it was her fault. It's like the whole Bucky conversation. I remember when we were talking about Marvel villains um, and it's like, well, you know, she's an antagonistic force. And until you realize like her story and who she is, you just think, oh, you know, she's like the taskmaster from the comics, right? And so, yeah. the, like, when you're first viewing it, like, sh- like, you know, she is like the villain, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, so, in terms of that, there's like more interest around her for me. Not that Dracov had to be interesting or have any depth. I mean, we talked about this in the whole, you know, Marvel villain series with Caroline. Um, you know, it's like, no, sometimes like you know, a villain just should be evil, and that's like you know, it, and it's like, do they serve their purpose in the story? And I think he does, uh, personally. Um, but you know, at the same time, like it, it's interesting. Like I feel like he's such weak sauce. Like when it comes <laughs> down to it, like his own his power comes from imagining. I mean, he does have this control and power over over you know these girls and these women. But it's it's so fragile at the same time, fragile masculinity, you know, uh, the patriarchy, oh you know, you it's this powerful structure and yet you just like blow on it and so much like really would topple over if you just really made the effort. And um, it just kind of feels like that way with Dracov where, you know, um, he tries so hard to intimidate Natasha and she's like mocking him the whole time and you know she's doing it to goad him because she wants him to like punch her in the nose it'll break her olfactory nerve you know so like there's there's an intention to it but at the same time it felt like true everything that she was saying exactly easy to be scary intimidating to little girls who can't fight back you know and it's like yeah honestly you know, all his power comes from like the manipulations and he's just like, I have all this influence that can bring down entire like, you know, kingdoms and everything. And they're like, I'm, I'm like, it's true, you know, and he has to be an intelligent man to like have this entire operation and not be found, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying like he didn't like do all these things to build his own, like his own empire or whatever. But like at the same time, it's kind of like, Mm, dude you really do you're like you have you think you have so much control but you really have just so so little like these women are better than you in every possible way and yeah I don't know it's just like the way to see him like fumble really it just just shows like again he's really just weak sauce like such weak sauce like I think of like Alexander Pierce would just step on him <laughs> oh my gosh yes yes because like seriously i'm thinking that along the same lines as you where i'm like yeah this is such a weak little man and like even though like you said natasha 
was getting like pissing him off to so to break that neural connection and stuff i'm like but it's no less true and it obviously struck a nerve with him you know and then i was thinking like making comparisons and such when you were making comparisons to taskmaster to bucky i was like yeah she's like a cross between like uh bucky and ava from the second ant-man movie you know and i'm thinking yeah what about uh what about uh Dreykov here yeah who does he remind me of and right when you said pierce i thought pierce and i'm like nah and it's like you said pierce would just step on him easily pierce would laugh at him and be like really you think you have control oh oh no no oh honey (laughs) he would say it in his like sweet robert redford voice oh honey you know (laughs) yeah and it's so great knowing that natasha kind of like stepped on both their moments you know, took down these two over egotistical white men that are just like, that literally don't do the grunt work, but manipulate and force people to do the grunt work for them. Because it's like you said, like, he's got to be a smart dude to accomplish that. Because even though you've got like Melina basically creating this serum and you've got the widows carrying out all the assassinations and such, this dude still happen to get these other spy dudes and scientist people to work for him and you know create this program so yeah he's got to have that know-how and the connections but by the end of the day he's really just a little man that only gets off on his power of scaring little girls you know pierce at least is willing to do his own dirty work now and then you know and he makes sure that he goes after the big guns too you know he doesn't just go after children. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I totally know, know what you're saying. And I'm telling you, like, you know, Alexander Pierce, again, yeah, like we said, like, doesn't, like, do his own grunt work a lot of the time. But at the same time, he has this presence that I think Drakov just does not have. He would just step on him. He would just step <laughs> on him. <laughs> I want an image of that now. I would pay to see that. I would, I, if, if there's an artist out there who's listening, like I would, I would commission you. Seriously, I want that on a t-shirt and then a poster. <laughs> Alexander Pierce would step on Drakov. Tell me you don't want it. I mean, I, there are more people worthy of stepping. Like I will take Natasha stepping on him, of course, any day, and I'd pay way more money for that. But like, just something, <laughs> just something sweet about like imagining. I don't know Pierce in particular just stepping on him. I don't know um but yeah I don't know just all the Marvel villains I can just imagine if they ever form a club or go to like a villains pub or whatever y'all know what I'm talking about when I say villains pub right but if they were all to get together I can only imagine who would be weeded out immediately while the bigger fish so to speak would be like oh 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 you think stealing technology is bad nah I killed all my children because they didn't carry my gene oh I want to wipe out an entire race well I made a whole group of super spies that were once little girls weak but you're right yes yes and honestly he did do his purpose though and honestly his the whole thing with the red room is just so dark like it's so dark already from what we know from the comics and what we've seen in prior movies and such, but it's like, this movie really drove it home. I'm like, oh my God, these people are being forced against their will. And even Yelena's like, yeah, there was kind of a part of me that wasn't sure what was me versus what wasn't me, you know? And I'm like, oh, that must be awful. Knowing that you're doing all these things, but you don't know how much of that is you. 
versus how much of that is you being forced to do it you know it's it's scary it really has this dark undertone that gives drake off like a little bit of credit i'll admit you know granted he didn't make it you know i'm more scared of melina now where i'm just like oh crap <laughs> you know but yeah he did his purpose very well you know being this uh, big bad so to speak that you gotta defeat in order to take down the evil organization and get rid of the the star lackey so to speak just yeah yeah i he did well just average villain maybe a little above average because there are definitely some villains in the mcu where i'm just like why well i think i think it's like above average just because i think he serves the story well you know um like he does what i think what he's supposed to and like i have to say this is a really great villain line you know talking about the red room using the only natural resource that the world has too much of girls you know and the misogyny you know, that is just so deeply ingrained in that. The, you know, the world, the only natural resource that the world has too much of, girls, like it is Oof. appalling, right? And, but it is, it is misogyny in a nutshell that girls and their minds and their bodies are just playthings for this man to use however he wants. They're not human beings. They're things, they are weapons, including his own daughter, right? Not that it's a really big surprise, but like that is like, you know, these women are his property, things for him to use and then throw. I think Yelena says that, right? Use them up and throw them away. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Right. And that's what they are to him. And that's, I think, what they are to the world a lot of the time and uh, most of the time. And so you know and so it gets into into that and I think I I just think to myself oh a woman definitely wrote that I just you know there's there's moments where you know uh, you know women were behind the screen for that one (laughs) and it's just it's it's appallingly disgusting and you you hate him so much and you hate the patriarchy so much and you know it's and it's and it's perfect in terms of like serving its function as like, you know, for him, setting him up as like just this really vile being. And also like this commentary that I think Black Widow on all the Black Widows in the Red Room represents, right? Of using women um, and using them up and discarding them and throwing them away. All they're good for are, you know, is their bodies, right? Or, or how we yep. can manipulate them and use them for our purposes and just, you know all the layers with that so yeah, yeah we, just, so much more we could pick apart you know but like uh yeah we would be here for like hours and hours <laughs> uh like before we move on to the next subject i want to tack on something that just came to mind right now like well, something i appreciate about the black widow movie is that it's like you said, they do bring up misogyny and that the villain's like a POS because of his misogyny. Because I kind of forgot about that quote until like watching it the second time. Like I remember like being appalled by it the first time. Then I think like I kind of blocked it out. And then the second time I'm like, oh, that's right, you know? But I'm thinking what I like about Black Widow is that they do bring up misogyny in that subtle way that works well with this movie compared to say uh 
Captain Marvel where they're like misogyny misogyny all up in your face you know and they're like oh she's crushing the misogyny yeah yeah see we're we're feminists you know I feel like with Captain Marvel it's a lot less subtle when they did that you know and it's a little more contrived and less natural but with Black Widow it definitely felt more natural and it felt more um real because Drakov he kind of went about it logically but still in that sleazy creeper misogynistic kind of way too so uh sorry to bring up another like marvel movie and compare but it just sort of hit me like yeah you know like the whole go against the patriarchy thing was a lot more subtle and a lot more well done in black widow and that's something i uh, commend it for honestly yeah for sure agreed um all right well any other like big picture things that we want to go into with a black widow movie i mean what are what like what are your overall feelings about about the movie you know especially with that that distance uh now that i've given it some distance and now that i've watched it fresh while well, the bitterness is not 100 gone but at least the brunt of it is gone i guess uh honestly i would give this movie like a solid b b plus you know it's 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 good given what it's got and if you were to remove it from the context of when it was made and such and how they just royally screw over Blackwood, like taking all that away. It's a well done movie. I mentioned before that I love the, the music in the background. I love the choreography. Seriously, I salivate at the choreography with all the fight scenes. Oh, I was going to ask the fight. The fight choreography felt really violent. And I remember saying this about the Winter Soldier but this felt like next level again. Like I already felt Winter Soldier was kind of a next level and then like this was even more. And it's not surprising because again, it's Black Widow. But like, it was just like, whoa, okay. No, it was very brutal, especially when the Widows were converging on Nat and they were just beating her up. I was just like, oh, Mm. oh -hmm. no, you know? And then the one-on-one where Drakov was just beating up Natasha. I was just like, stop it, you know? Even though, like, off afterwards watching it the second time, I'm like, yeah, yeah, keep punching her, you arrogant POS, you know, just, yes, please continue to do so, so I can gain more satisfaction in her taking you down. You know, your arrogance is your downfall, and I, I'm savoring it, you know, but yeah, it, this movie was very brutal, but when you look at the choreographed scenes fighting, like, when uh, Natasha and Yelena meet up again and when she's up against the taskmaster a few times, just, I don't know how many takes they had to do for the taskmaster and Natasha to be perfectly in sync with each other because you see that moment where the taskmaster confronts Natasha on that bridge or whatever that he, she is scanning Natasha and realize, oh, Black Widow, you know, and then they both like kind of fling themselves back to stand up again, only to sort of do like a superhero landing or whatever. It was just perfectly in sync that I just couldn't help but admire. And just many other moments too, where the fighting was done just so well and literally all the movements, weaponry and everything where I'm just like, man, Man, none of this was done in just one take. Literally, none of this was done. This was multiple takes. So I appreciated the choreography, the music, and the dialogue. The dialogue did very well. I came to appreciate all what they had to say a lot more now that I actually had subtitles and could understand through their uh, fake accents and such. Like 
one little thing that really has nothing to do with the story but like i i couldn't help but save her a little anyway uh when yelena after she was like no it was real to me and like storms off to be alone but then alexi goes to comfort her and he mentions that his own dad peed on his hands to save it from frostbite like i don't know why that scene literally just like it was part heartwarming for me but also partially funny yeah no i agreed you know it was moments like that where i'm like yeah that's so perfect for the character that was so perfect for the moment you know many moments like that throughout where i'm like okay yeah you know my my opinion's changing i'm i'm softening up a little all right all right you know so honestly as a whole solid movie i do wish it would have come out a lot sooner but since we can't change that just take it for what it is so i'm a lot less salty coming around this time yeah no same i'm i'm proud of it i'm i'm proud of i'm proud of everybody who made it i mean i think we already said this in our opening comments so i won't go into it again but <laughs> um anyway okay so oh you know what another thing i wanted to talk about well I think there's a bunch of other things but one other like big ish thing is her whole like the undercurrents of of her relationship with clint i mean i could just feel the like clintasha tumblr blogs coming alive as (laughs) (laughs) and even my own little like tiny part of myself from like 2012 that shipped clintasha like kind of quiver like oh like the arrow marks on the wall um, in the apartment you know, and oh. in the vents, there's Tic-Tac-Toe and Hangman, which I didn't notice uh, the first time watching it, but they also played Hangman. <laughs> oh. And it's like, you know, um, or how long they were trapped in the vents, I've already forgotten. What, I don't even remember. Two days. Yeah. It was two, two days. days? Okay, okay, two days. And so it was just like, I just could only imagine the hijinks that went on, like, uh, obviously platonic because he he was married but um uh-huh. you know or is married he's not dead um <laughs> <laughs> as much as i guess i want to manifest it um but no i don't hate clint um so yeah i just like you know i thought and she's still wearing or i don't know i thought i saw the arrow necklace that she was still wearing from like winter soldier days um and so you know i just i just love the like reminders of just like you know their first you know of their like whole dynamic and relationship even just like in the far background it's just so fun to even hear about secondhand you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't know like the tic-tac-toe just sends me every time like you know she was the one who won all of the (laughs) (laughs) tic-tac-toe Yeah, she's a tic-tac-toe champ, and anytime Clint won, it's because she let him win. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. It's yeah, just- there, there was a lot of Clintasha undertones, too. Like, I didn't get any romantic vibes, obviously, but the fact that, like, oh, yeah, what kind of bullets made that? It was arrows. I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, and Clint would, though, just, like, just, like, shoot arrows into her wall for funsies, and she would let him do it for funsies, like, I'm just, like, you're the chaotic duo that we didn't get too much of, and I'm very sad about it. I know, <sighs> it's just, what, what precious little we do get of it, I do treasure, like, one of my favorite moments between them is when they're fighting in Civil War, and Natasha's like, we're still friends, right? And he's like, it depends on how hard you hit me. It's so good, like, 
they were my they were the ship that I thought like all right so Roman Actors is most likely not going to happen but Clintasha but then he had a family and I was like never mind um um, you know because I I mean you know a man and woman should like also should be allowed to be friends and be completely platonic and this is actually one of the times where we actually truly see that right it's done very very well where there's no like weirdness between them or whatever and it's completely platonic from beginning to end and the fact that like they spent a significant amount of time in budapest where he helped her gain her freedom and that they hid together in the vents and such you know and play tic-tac-toe and hangman it just it, it, it's precious you know and it's a moment like that that i'm kind of but not expecting to see in uh the show hawkeye like I, I have a feeling we're not going to see it, but I can't help but hope a little. Yeah, anything for Natasha's legacy to keep living on, honestly. But I mean, it will through Yelena, I think, as well. But you know, it's it was just it was very special and fun for me to like get the, like the what cameo sort of that we got of of Clint and Natasha because I do like them a lot together. Um, you know, so. It was just fun. It was just a treat for me. And again, it was just so fun to think like, ah, uh, how, how are you feeling that Clintasha stands? I'm not one of you anymore, but like, I'm sure you're feeling good right now. That must be nice. <laughs> right? Right. I'm, I'm a little curious now. I'm going to check out some fix later just to see if there was any uh, differences, so to speak. But... Oh, I, I'm sure there is. There must be so many vent fix right now. That's like, not a thing no. I thought I would say ever. Like there must be so many vent fix now. <laughs> oh man just a lot of good clint undertones that i didn't realize i needed and now that i appreciate which makes the post credit scene like all the harder where i'm just like oh no val no you know and hopefully yelena doesn't like that she realizes pretty quickly that she's being manipulated and that it wasn't clint's fault it was the writer's fault you know and thanos's fault mostly the writer's fault you know because it would be kind of nice to see Clint and Yelena bond at some point, like, well, you knew her longer than I did, you know? She, like, I don't know if she ever told you this, but I always beat her at tic-tac-toe, you know? Just just have the, the share, the memory of her, you know? That would be so that. special, yeah. I'm not sure they're going to give us that. I'm not going to hold out hope for that, but I'm going to, I, you know, I will... I will pray. I will manifest. I will try to manifest it that they will talk about Natasha because that's like such the elephant in the room, right? Of just like, oh, we're not going to kill each other more, but let's not talk about the person that we love so deeply. You know, it's like, mm. anyway. Uh, yeah. But I am relieved though that didn't. I mean, after he was married, I was like, I'm relieved they didn't didn't go there with them. Remember, we were so afraid with watching the Endgame trailers. We're like, oh no, don't tell me they're going to do that. Oh, thank God. Um, they didn't. But <laughs> because they could have they could have made it infinitely worse. Um, you know, we don't realize how much how infinitely worse it could have been, really, truly. Anyway. Um okay, yeah. So I think that's it. I, I otherwise I just have like a bunch of random notes that I took while watching the movie a second time. Um, but do you have any other big, big brain thoughts? Uh, no big brain thoughts, just a lot of hopes that I'm sure will never come to pass. But, you know, it, it's fine. I'm starting to get used to Marvel not giving me nice things. Um, one thing I want to say, too, the whole thing about Budapest, um, 
I'm pretty sure she just says it as Budapest in Avengers. So that's like uh, obviously a little blip there in terms of continuity. Uh, and like, I hate to be that nerd, but I'm going to be that <laughs> nerd right now. Um, and also like it does bring into question of like how she brings up Budapest like so flippantly in Avengers. Like this reminds me of Budapest. You and I remember Budapest very differently. And it's a funny line, but then you're like, when oh. now that we know what happened, Buddha, we're like, what were you thinking of, Nat, that you would bring it up like that? I don't know. I really hope it has to do more with the arrows in the wall than the blowing up people kind of thing. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. I mean, they they that's that is what they were doing. They were just shooting at aliens in that moment, but still, it was like, hmm, yeah, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Yeah, the writers weren't really thinking ahead. But again, I'm going to just focus on the fact that she and Clint were total bros and roommates and such, platonic roommates. And maybe he saw a fly on the wall and that's where the arrows in the wall came from. And she just woke up and she's just like, I need coffee before I have to deal with this. You know, I I don't know. But yeah, I noticed the Budapest versus Budapest thing too. And it kind of, I like literally... And physically paused that that moment on Disney Plus, like, what? And I looked at the the subtitles, and it only put Budapest in quotations, or you know, compared to when they were saying Budapest. And I was just like, um, dot dot ellipses. Okay, <laughs> you know. And then I just kind of moved on. So don't know what that's all about. And now I'm curious to see how it's actually pronounced. I mean, it sounds like Budapest is supposed to be the correct pronunciation. It makes me wish Caroline was here to, to tell us because she would probably know. Um, oh, she language. would know. She would know. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So other like brief notes. Um, I It's a subtle thing, but um, when they're going through the neighborhood at the very beginning and like you see those kids on like the tire swing and they're like, hey, Nat. And I'm like, oh, she had she had friends in the neighborhood. Like, just, just think about that for a minute and cry about it. <laughs> she like, they, called, they said, hey, Nat. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, you know, and again, the blue hair, like, I wish, um, I mean, I don't remember if the blue hair had come out when we had done the hair episode, but w- I wish we could have talk, talked about it on the whole segment, because that's a whole other aspect of, like, how did the blue hair come about, you know, what, what, it, it, it was something she wanted was it this a form of kind of like with Yelena getting the vest like something that is sort of like this is mine I chose this you know because like like colored like blue colored hair is like kind of more of a statement I think you know oh yeah unconventional color right and so it's like is this just like a self-expression that she's not sure like she'll be able to have in the future and that's why she does it you know, um, there's something just sort of like spontaneous and wild and almost kind of, I don't want to say wacky because, well, I, I guess I say wacky because she's like a kid and stuff, but like me, not really, because again, it's like, I don't know, in a way, a hurrah for her, right? Because um, I'm sure like her having to go back is always in the back of her mind. And so like having this like very bright, um, you know, because it's very bright blue, it's very bright blue color is just like you know that sense of like the water and like vibrance and life you know it's just interesting yeah i like i don't have a lot of theories on that because i figured it was just a moment of rebellion for her where she's just like you know what i may not have control of my life but i can control this 
or maybe like Alexi and Melina were like kind of uh, lax parents in some aspects and they're just like you know what it would be good if like like our kids were noticeable but in a way that we can change it you know and then another like small geeky part of me like in the back of my mind is just like she read Captain America comics and kept her hair blue it, you know just to match the outfit go with the all-american girl thing I, I, yeah, yeah. she was a little fangirl that's fun I love it yeah, so it yeah, I'm sure if I think more on it, I'll have I would have more to say about the blue hair, but that's that that was just something like interesting. I thought about her character that she would that she would do that, you know, in her in her youth, so to speak. But um yeah. Um yeah, so oh okay. This is really funny. Um but like, you know, obviously this takes place after like civil war, but I love that moment where she calls Ross as she's looking at all of the like, you know, team like assembled to like go into the building and try to find her. And, you know, she says, you know, you're embarrassing yourself. It looks desperate. <laughs> <laughs> because you know? that's exactly what it was. Ross, you're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing yourself. You know, in the moment where like they click in the bathroom and then she comes out and she's on a boat in a totally different place and you see they find the suit and I'm just like Ross do you really think she wasn't aware there's a tracking thing in her suit come on you know come on she's just, not stupid come on so, she's like, I'm like this is a black widow dude come on um so it, it you know her dry sense of humor like strikes again and I'm like I love it this is great you know uh-huh ah uh, yeah um, oh, you know, another relationship that's like a, it's a smaller relationship that I want to touch on is, is it's Rick Mason. Um, that's basic- his name. Yeah. Yes. He has a name, folks. You Apparently- never hear it in the movie. Right? Right? Like we had to look it up because at first when I, like when, when we first watched it, I just figured I wasn't paying attention. Second time I'm like, am I still not paying attention or do they not say this guy's name? yeah rick mason folks uh, apparently in the comics he's called the agent okay <laughs> poor guy i'm just having all these feelings come up again like the uh hunters in the loki series where i'm like just give him a name you know mm-hmm. just i'm tired of this yeah and of course it's like the black man they don't give the name like come on like why <laughs> um and okay so i'm on wikipedia and i need to i need to say this um the description for for rick mason's character is an ally from romanoff's shield pass who is romantically interested in her what barf no way i i had to look at the footnotes later but like hmm interesting okay because i sense that there was something between them but i figured that was more friendship and admiration more like oh the the seller dude develops like soft feelings for the buyer but mm-hmm. i felt that was more like friendship you know that's and how admiration i interpreted for what she does that's how i interpreted too and you know you know jen that i i have the steve radar i also had the romance radar up at like practically all times and even i was i i didn't see it like as like attraction per se it was just more like He's like exasperated, which I, I know can be translated to romance, but he's like exas- exasperated with her. Like he felt like you're a very annoying individual. 
<laughs> and they're, it's fun like their their back and forth is like fun but like what their relationship reminded me more was of um i'll bring in a black widow comic into into the conversation here actually so um there is a black widow comic series um, by Nathan Emerson and drawn by Phil Noto, who, by the way, is the only man who should ever draw Black Widow because he draws her like an actual human. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it there is this character, like she has this like lawyer that she, you know, that helps her. Um, his name is Isaiah Ross, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, it's it, he plays like a similar role that Mason does in terms of like, behind the scenes and like getting her like apartments you know ready for her and like you know in in that comic series like she you know has like a I think like a a trust fund or investment fund of sorts as like to pay like sort of like rep I don't know if reparations is quite the right word but like for victim families of like victim her like victims that she you know killed or her as the black widow to make amends I guess is maybe the word to um use there but yeah, so like he like manages her like funds and he's always like kind of reprimanding her, you know, he's like, you can't take these like low paying, you have to take a high paying job at some point. Cause how are you going to you know pay for all this and like all the practicals and stuff? Yeah. And she's yeah. Like, oh, you, it's fine. You know, <laughs> kind of just like, don't put yourself in danger. But he also has like, it comes out later that he has his own dark history and dark past and um, but anyway, like, but at the core of it, he's just, he's very loyal to her and o- is always there for her. And, you know, it kind of, I kind of got that same vibe, I think, with with their, with uh, her dynamic with Rick Mason, um, in terms of like, you know, yeah, he's just always there for her. And like, it's like, yeah, you pay me to do this. And if you gave me more money, and more time, I would be able to do this thing for you. But also he like, sleeps on her bed and is not afraid to do so <laughs> like this is the black widow man you're falling asleep on her bed like you know um gets her a janky generator and like you know and he says you know people who have friends don't call me you know and I don't pay you to worry right she she puts that distance between them but it's yeah. it's clear that there is like affection and care and worry and concern uh-huh. on the surface there I didn't interpret it at all as romantic and I still don't even after reading wikipedia that's why you gotta take Wikipedia with the grain of salt. But um, yeah, you know, um, but I did, I did like it a lot. And again, it, it reminded me so much of of her relationship with her lawyer in, back in the comic, in that in that particular run of of the comics, which I would so recommend. You should check that out. I'm telling you, it's so great. Her boobs aren't basketballs, and she's a <laughs> meaningful and like emotional plotline. Good action, like it's good. It's so good. Anyway, so. Um, yeah, I should link that in the episode, actually. That'd be a good Please idea. Do, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um yeah, I I I liked their whole like it was like I wanted to know a little bit more about him because he was just so fun to have around. And I wonder if they'll ever bring him back. I'm not sure in what capacity, but it'd be it'd be fun to even see him as like a cameo in the future. Like that'd be great. Oh, that'd be um, nice. Right. Uh, anyway. Um oh also something I never noticed. But Natasha has like 5,000 ear ear piercings, like, but on like her, I think it's her left ear, just like on one ear. I noticed, yes. Yeah. Like, you know, this is the ear piercings just like on the, you know, on the regular earlobe, but like, then she has like, you got to like watch and look for like when she turns her head because she has like a bunch, like all over her ear. Like, it's not even just like, oh, she has a bar also at the top. Like she has like, 
a dozen extra earrings on her or her left ear. And I'm like, that is an interesting stylistic choice. And oh. I don't know what to make of it. Um, I never something- even noticed that. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's so badass. It has like that rebel vibe. And we talked about with the blue hair, I think too. You know, it has that rebel vibe. It's a little impractical, I think, when you're fighting as much as she is to like have that many piercings maybe. But um, still, it was just kind of like this kind of rock and roll vibe a little bit. I thought it was pretty cool. And I don't know, it's just an interesting, if you if none of you listeners have, have noticed it, I feel really accomplished and proud of myself for having <laughs> noticed it. Um, <laughs> but uh, this was on the rewatch on demand, so. Oh, but, uh, okay. Okay, but um, all right. And another subtle thing that just like made me love her even more was like when she's watching, um, I looked up the movie that she was watching, Moonrake, Moonraker. Um, so it's it's like the Hugo Drax is, is oh gosh, it's, it's Moonraker. And I think it's like a James Bond movie. I'm already forgetting. I like wrote it down. Seems but like, like a James Bond movie. Yeah. yeah. And there's this like back and forth where like the villain says, why did you break up? why did you break up the encounter with my pet python because i discovered he had a crush on me and oh my gosh <laughs> um, but like what i love is like natasha speaking the lines along with the actors like, oh my gosh right. <laughs> you know it reminds me of when like she says to steve like shall we play a game you know She's like a she pop culture. Movies. She's a pop culture nerd, and I would love to hang out with her for a day to talk to just swap memes. Like that would be fabulous. I think we would have so much fun. Honestly, that just goes into the whole Spider Mom thing that you and I came up with <laughs> because I feel like Peter Parker is one of the few people who can keep up with their in pop culture references. Oh yeah. my gosh, yes. And yeah, she's a big yeah. movie lover, isn't she? Mm-hmm yes she so is she's like just the biggest nerd dork ever like because especially because again she's like like says it word for word so she's watched this movie a bunch of times to know you know the the dialogue like that and it's just so fun and she's just like in her sweats like you know eating ice cream or something you know and and it's just it's a it's a small moment but i love it so much and it felt so in character for her in Mm -hmm. a subtle way i don't know like I don't feel like I don't feel like we talk enough about that, but she is such a dork. Like she is such a dork. Yeah. Like in the best possible way. Like I really just like she's just uh I love her so much. Um anyway, okay. Um and other other little things about Natasha, like I, you know, when she's going to see Yelena, like she like on her way up, she find like there's a gun stash somewhere. And it reminds me of that fanfic I wrote a while back of like her stashing guns in random places around the Avengers, various Avengers yes. places. Yeah. Um, I can link that. It's it's a bad fic, but I can link that too if anyone's curious. Um, but yeah, it just reminded me of that, like, ha, huh, yeah, she does stash a gun like everywhere. And like you gotta be prepared, I guess, you know. But mm-hmm. uh yeah it's just so funny and like um yeah the the hair whip fighting pose is great and (laughs) it's it's just so good um oh you know and like another like moment with her and yelena that i really liked was uh natasha says to her you can't just steal a guy's car so you want me to just chase him down and unsteal it and it it reminds me of how she gave steve our time about like you know when did captain america learn how to steal a car 
we're not you know we're barring get your feet off the dash it's like i'm just like what, is, <laughs> what natasha like is that where you draw the line is stealing a car <laughs> right that's the one thing she won't dirty dirty her hands with is is stealing a car she'll let yelena and steve do it but not her it's so funny and um also, like when Yelena talks about the life that she imagines her family, like my parents are still in Ohio, you know, and my sister, she moved out west, you know, you're a science teacher. And I'm like, of course, she's a science teacher. I love it. No notes. Um, you know, <laughs> and uh, your husband renovates houses and like when you're taking time off to for your son. And I'm just like, <clears throat> James, uh, Rogers. <laughs> James Rogers. James Rogers. <clears throat> uh, uh, you know, good night. Like, I actually could see Steve renovating houses now that I think about it, but I want uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. But then it gets sad because then Yelena's like, Did you ever want kids? And like, you could oh. see on her face that she kind of did. Yeah. Like, she, she considered it. She did. Like, Yelena, well, she's like, I want a dog. And I'm like, Yeah, you, you seem the type that even if like you could have biological children, you're like, Nah, bro, give me a dog. Like she just has that yeah. energy and I love it. And like, honestly, I feel you girl. That's, that's awesome. But yeah, it's this moment of like sadness. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, okay. So this is another like thing um, with, you know, Natasha's character that has been mishandled before with the, you know, forced hysterectomy, yeah. you know, it's, I don't think I need to go into the details of, of how it's controversial in age of Ultron but it's, it's pretty glossed over and like everyone, or at least, you know, a good portion of, of, you know, people, you know, were just like, just saying like, that was nonsense. Why does she consider herself a monster for not being able to have children? Like that's, that's just nonsense, you know? And, and it's true, you know? And it's kind of like one of those things that I'm like, yeah, I just don't like to think about it, you know? Um, partly too, because, you know, this is like another example of like her agency being stolen and something that has happened to actual women and people with uteruses that like, you know, I think of like the prison system in California and how there was like, um, they did hysterectomies on women. They didn't even know, like it was, it was like supposed to be some, you know, an operation for something else, but like, Oh, while we're in there, let me just do this hysterectomy. So you can't you know, perpetuate the filth in our society, basically. And this is like, this is not something, you know, that happened like a hundred years ago. Like this is recent stuff, you know? And, and so like the forced sterilization, particularly of women of color is a thing, you know? And so um, it just like, you know, that's what it brings to, to my mind in terms of thinking about that. And (sighs) <sighs> yeah so <laughs> there's a lot of feelings about it but like um but I thought yeah just that moment there in terms of like the whole idea of agency and this moment of like did you want kids and she doesn't answer but you see on her face right um and it's it's the it's you know certainly more subtle they don't they don't like address it super strongly right Yelena doesn't push the point but it's interesting that it's there and, you know, I feel like her silence can also be interpreted in a multitude of ways. Maybe other people didn't interpret it as her necessarily wanting kids, but just like the whole having her choice stolen away, which is also valid. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and then the, there's the other part where Alexi says that 
horrible, awful thing about like, oh, it must be your, is it your time of the month? And I'm just like, first of all, misogynistic farce. Like, <laughs> don't ever say that ever. Um, but, uh, you know, then Yelena immediately launches into, oh no, you know, I don't have a uterus. And, you know, Natasha's like, or ovaries. And, you know, Yelena's like, yeah, force hysterectomy. They go in and they cut everything up and they yank it all out. <laughs> and he, you know, he's just getting so disgusted and she's just like you know he's like okay okay you don't have to get so clinical and nasty she's like well i was gonna start talking about fallopian tubes but okay <laughs> and and yes. it's like this like sort of dark humor that i'm like mm, yeah that that feels very yelena i know i haven't known you for very long but like you know it's like yeah you know way to be you know i just like i love the way that she clapped back at his insensitivity on like a multitude of levels and it's just like it yeah you know, i have a mixed feeling about it because i'm just like oh i wish we didn't have to talk about this at all but i feel like it did need to be addressed because it was so grossly mishandled before i just thought it was you know interesting the ways that they they brought it up and talked about it again i feel like you know with um their earlier conversation like it was in a more subtler fashion and this one is sort of like you know, it's like, oh, we're going to talk about it at the expense of your male discomfort, you know, that there's something, <laughs> you know, at least like it's, it's horrible, but it's like this dark humor at the same time that, you know, it kind of eases that pain a little bit, you know? No, no, I get that because like, personally, I thought it was like an excellent way to sort of clap back, like you said, because I, I kind of realized that Alexi just say what you want about him if he's well-meaning selfish whatever but I'm like he's got a little misogyny running through him doesn't he you know just a little bit of toxic masculinity there's like other moments like when he he was arm wrestling with one of the dudes in prisons and he kind of broke the dude and was like what you got like a girl and I'm like well that's gross and then like he basically brushes off uh, Natasha and Yelena's feelings as time of the month. So I appreciate that Yelena was like, uh, can't have a period because X, Y, Z grows descriptive detail. And I just, I don't know. I personally found some really deep satisfaction in that, but dark humor tends to hit me very differently. I, I take it, but I personally thought they handled it a hell of a lot better. Like, I wish that this was a thing that did not need or have to be addressed, but considering that it's part of the comics, I feel like it needed to be addressed at some point, mostly for accuracy's sake. And the way Yelena did, I personally feel was like perfect. You know, um, everyone's going to be de thinking differently about it. Some people are going to be like, um, why? And others are going to be like, yeah, you tell them, girl. You know, personally, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I dig it. I dig it. You know, I. I accept it. I, I like it personally. No, I mean, I did personally too. Um, but I will say just because it's a thing in the comics doesn't mean it has to be a thing in the movies, um, particularly when it, I don't know, it's just like, mm, I don't know. It's like, I can't imagine, I'm not sure that it's necessarily been better handled in the comics necessarily, but there was a comic I remember reading for Black Widow where she actually was pregnant like this was like in her earlier days in the in as a as an assassin but she was pregnant and then she she gave birth but it was like it was to stillborn it was a dead Aww. baby um so it's not necessarily every iteration of her that's like um you know that couldn't ever technically i mean you know the baby did die but like you know still she was pregnant you know so she was, she was technically like 
this feels so clinical to say, but like fertile, right? So anyway, um, that's, that's just my two cents on that. But anyway, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I thought, you know, I, I enjoyed it for, for what it was. I'm just like, yeah, I agree. Like, I'm like, I wish we didn't have to deal with this at all, but like, Yelena, go you, honestly. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, you know, oh, you know, and something, another like Natasha thing that I thought was huge was like her mom. Like she was, she was relentless and looking for you. Like, and like, you know, so her, I imagine like maybe her father was unknown. Maybe it was like, her mother was like unmarried. There's the whole, like, maybe like quote unquote shame of the family. And that's why they agreed to give away Natasha, you know, but like, it's so sad. And like, she thought of her every day, but wouldn't admit it to herself. Like she doesn't admit a lot of things to herself and Mm -hmm. like, you know, but then she's just like her mom, you know, just so relentless and she just wouldn't stop looking for her baby. And I'm just like, oh, it like was just so heartbreaking, you know? And, and also like the, ugh, the, just the evilness of like, you were actually pre-selected through like a genetic program, just like, oh my gosh. So she thought she was just thrown away, but she was like stolen from her family which, you know, either situation is bad, but I think this one is infinitely worse, you know? Yeah. And her, yeah, and, like, that she doesn't even get to, like, have her back later because she was killed because she was, like, causing trouble. Ugh. Which, honestly, is so, like, Natasha's mom, but, like, ugh. Yeah, the, the fact that Dracov, like, twists the knife by saying, like, oh, yeah, what did it say on her grave? Oh, yeah, unknown. I'm like, yeah you know mm-hmm. just, just jerk mode set up to level 12 my gosh yeah i can't remember what the comic iteration is i know that uh there was something along those lines i guess but yeah just it was so sad and i wonder what would have happened if natasha's birth mother had actually found her if she had never given up that, that would have been an interesting subplot i know unrealistic but it piques my interest a little bit you know yeah i know i don't know if there is any fanfic out there about that it's just mm, the feels man the feels <sighs> yeah but mm-hmm. yeah it's very sad um but also just something really wonderful about it i think that you just see I don't know, Melina saying like she was much like you in that way. And it's just like, uh, it's, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just very, mm, I just like a lot. Um, on a more lighthearted note, I really dug the braid crowns in this movie. So intricate, yes. so beautiful. Like I would love to have brow, like braid crowns, like, you know, or the braids in general. I mean, Natasha had like a lot of like, you know, not necessarily in a braid crown, but she had a lot of braids, but like Yelena and Melina, I'm, I'm just like, I am all over this, man. This is, how did you even do that? You live by yourself, Melina, and you did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. No, it was very nice. You know, costuming did very well too. You know, I liked that the, the, the office that they gave the, the widows and Natasha specifically, uh, the vest with the many pockets. And then of course the hair as always very well done yeah yeah oh i gotta talk about a couple of yelena moments too because she had her chance to shine in this movie and like okay we were denied natasha but i'm so grateful to have yelena as this beautiful baby bird this gift um 
<laughs> because first of all, her obsession with the pockets. And you know, that's the thing. Like women are obsessed with pockets because we aren't given any ever. And so, you know, I just feel like there's an element of that. And, you know, with the vest um, and the, like, yeah, again, like I know we talked about it earlier, but her imitating Natasha's pose and then shuddering to herself. But you know that she did it on purpose. She's like, well, I want to see. I want to be like my big sister. I feel like I know. Like, yeah. Um, oh, love it. Yeah. And then like, you know, and like her, like, sh- you know, sh- taking shots at like Rick Mason too. And like, I don't know if you noticed this, but she like walks up to the, um, I think to the helicopter and just like breathes on the glass. She just goes, <sighs> you know, you, and I'm like, did you draw a harder smiley face or something? It cut off before you could do that. But I'm just like, it's so random. It's like a little kid, you know, you just walk yes. up to a window to fog up the glass. <laughs> it was really cute. I just like, I'm like, oh. I love it. You're such a, you're such a kid sometimes. And she, or she talks about like avalanche. Oh, that's a cool way to die. And then right. know, when they're drawing on her forehead, they're going to do, take out her brain. And she's like, this is a much less cool way to die. And I'm like, oh <laughs> my gosh, Elena. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. It's I need so, more of her. I need more of her. And she is the one who takes down Dracov. Like, I you- love that. Yes. She is like ready to sacrifice herself and she does it and she's the one to take him down. I love it. Oh, I'm here for that. All day, every day, man. All day, every day. She's just like, die, mother effer. You know, oh, so, so glad, good. so glad that she didn't die from that. I'm like, no, you are not allowed to sacrifice yourself. They cannot do that to me twice. No, ready to flip a table. No, no, she's good. She's good. We're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, yeah. And okay. Speaking of Yelena, though, what do you think is going to happen with her next? I mean, like, I know we touched on it a little bit, but where do you anticipate her character going? She's going to look into Clint. I don't know if she's going to like attack him and attempt to kill him first, or if she's going to like do something really sneaky spy ish and like talk to him, be like, oh, you knew. Natasha you know we knew each other in the red room but won't specify that they were raised together for a while like I know that she's gonna like at least reach out to Clint some way or another whether secretly or directly she's gonna follow up on this lead because even though she didn't seem too interested when uh, Valentina found her or whatever I feel like that's gonna be her next step to kind of get to the bottom of this you know because I'd like to think that during this time if she wasn't dusted because again, I, I assume that she's not, but I'd like to think that she and the other widows were releasing the rest of the widows around the world, that that's what she was doing the whole time. Maybe she was doing some good work, you know, during the five year snap and everything, the blip, whatever you want to call it, that maybe she was doing a couple of good things, you know, making sure that the poor got some things to eat, kind of taking a soft spot towards the lost children of, of the world and such. So I, I'm assuming that her next step would be to sort of put that all on pause just to look into Clint because she, I don't know if she really believed Valentina because she must recognize Clint like for a number of reasons, like watching him on TV as the Avengers, you know, when she was practicing her sister's uh, drop and hair flip or whatever. And she must have recognized 
the name when Natasha mentioned like, oh yeah, Clint and I were stuck up here for two days, you know? So she must, I'd like to think she's not stupid. She knows like that name. Okay. She cares about this guy. And the fact that there are arrow marks in her apartment. No, no, no. There was, there was something here. How, how could he have gotten her killed? You know, she's not like, even though it's possible that she would go in guns blazing, I can, I think it's more likely that she would kind of take a step back and kind of see what Clint's all about first before she decides to make a decision on whether or not he needs to be eliminated or not. So that's what I'm guessing what's going to happen next. There's going to be an interaction between her and Clint. And I really hope to gosh, they have that moment I mentioned earlier where they kind of bond over missing Natasha. And then maybe those two will go from there, you know, and then maybe after she reaches a little bit of closure with Clint, whether that involves killing him or not, just... I'd like to think that she'll either start doing some good as like one of the new Avengers or maybe like in a new startup of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the secret moon base. I don't know. But I'd like to think that they won't, that they'll continue with their story even after the Hawkeye series. That's that's what I'm hoping personally. So we'll we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Um, also, like she you know, in terms of Yelena, she got that husky named Fanny. I just want to say that. And I hope that the, that Fanny, you know, finds a good temporary home while Yelena does her stuff. <laughs> but, oh, you know, and hey, at least we finally saw a tombstone for Natasha that was like years overdue. Finally, yeah. I don't know who put that up, but thank you. Finally. Finally. <laughs> better late than never i suppose mm. but all right yeah whatever. and also i don't know if you noticed this but valentina says like i'm allergic to the midwest and i was like oh my gosh her gravestone is in ohio that's where she's <gasps> buried oh my gosh oh that's so fitting i love it yeah yeah cries <laughs> yeah i wonder which of the characters made sure that actually happened i'd like to think like old steve did it but i don't know how he could have done it because yeah because like, if he didn't know about the family before i don't know maybe elena set it up i mean because also like actually did they recover natasha's body i'm not sure they did actually so i don't think they ever be, did i think yeah. clint had no choice but to leave it behind oh yeah that hurts um yeah, I'd like to think someone put it up. I, I wonder if, like, maybe Pepper did it or Clint did it, you know? I'd like to think Clint most likely did it. I just, yeah, I've got some questions on that that I know have nothing to do with the plot, but I am curious now. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Uh, anyways, okay, any other last minute thoughts? Uh, oh, you know, Natasha just breaking her own nose casually. Oh, my God gosh right that she just was like oh there we go we're good <laughs> i'm like oh oh honey are you okay how many times have you had to do that in your life you need a hug come here no seriously like <sighs> yeah um also like you know when they talked about the pheromone lock i could not help but think about <laughs> caroline's thing about steve's pheromones and I was like, this is not the man who has the pheromones. Drakeoff is not the one with the pheromones. I don't care what you scientists say. It is Steve with the pheromones, okay? He has the sex pheromones. And everyone falls in love with him. And that is... that is. I, it would explain so much. 
Especially since uh, Alexi seemed to have a slight obsession with him too. Like, granted, yeah. it was a, a nemesis thing, but like, it would explain a few things. Oh my gosh, so many things. But like, I Pheromone, yeah, I just I, yeah, I couldn't yeah. help but think of that when they said the pheromonal lock. I'm just like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm skeptical, but all right. Um, another random thing with Alexi is like, I don't know if you noticed, he got Karl Marx tattooed on his knuckles, like spelled out on his knuckles. He oh, seemed really? more like, yeah, he's more like all about the like cause, so to speak, oh, politics yeah. for yeah. sure. Um, it is interesting that like, okay, they make him the super soldier, the Russian super soldier, but then like, oh, I have no use for you. And I'm just like, that's interesting because like everyone seeks after the super soldier so much. I think, mm-hmm. and for him to just discard this man who has these like powers and like is so loyal to him. And I'm like, did you just discard him because you didn't feel like powerful next to him as compared to the little girls? Like, what does that say about Drakov in terms of why he made that decision? Like, what was the point? Like, he was very loyal to him and he just wanted to get back on the job. So, like, why did he decide to put him in prison? Was it an yeah. ego thing? I think it was an ego thing. I suspect if it was, if it wasn't an ego thing or at least partially an ego thing, maybe it was also because Alexi is Alexi. <laughs> like, maybe he's one of the few people who survived a super soldier serum thing because like according to marvel science it doesn't always work until they you know fixed it up later in life or whatever but alexi since he's kind of a silly dude you know maybe they're like you know i'm tired of this guy's attitude he's he can only do so much you know with his muscle or whatever we need more brain now that we've got the that chemically uh, mind control thing going on for us so yeah we need less muscle plus you know i i don't need someone upstaging me especially since he seems to have the hots for the smart one of my group so jail time yeah maybe i don't know Uh, but yeah that's a good question Mm -hmm. also him and melina totally had it going on when they were fake married oh my god they totally did it kills me (laughs) because you would think that alexi would be the one that's just smitten but you could Still, she's kind of interested i mean was it her that wolf whistled when uh he managed to squeeze back into the red guardian suit oh yeah oh come on it's not like elena or natasha would have done that um but yeah she was like i've never washed it even once <laughs> oh like the way she said it too i was just like oh my you know i'll bet you anything how it went was that alexi's just like you know we're gonna be here a while you know like what do you think and she's just like okay whatever but just this one time several times later this doesn't mean anything (laughs) this doesn't mean anything uh yeah it's 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 a fun it's a fun it's a fun ship i have to say it's kind of a crack ship even though it's technically a canon ship but it feels like a crack ship in a way it's funny yeah like i i kind of appreciate it because I must, I'm thinking like, and they they had to have done something with the way like he um, the way he talked about it and everything. But even she seemed to reciprocate rather than be disgusted or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I see you, I see you. Okay, I think I accept that. You know why not? Why not? <sighs> yeah, I like to so, think he made her laugh. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. She never washed the suit. She never washed the suit. Did she smell it in odd hours of the night? Like, I don't know. 
I literally was wondering if she did that. If she's just like, like closely looking around, sniffs it, realizes that one of the pigs, like Pig Alexi, is looking at her, and she's just like, "Don't judge me." <laughs> Don't judge. <laughs> so good. Head cannon accepted, man. Uh. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, I think we've talked about it enough for now. Um, but this was this was a solid movie, and I liked getting to know so much more about Natasha, and it gave me a deeper appreciation for her as a character. And I want to say I'm excited for what will come next for her, but I can't. And that's the bittersweet uh... note that has to come with this movie and with her character. But I will say that I will turn back to my fix it fanfic and just do my best. Please do. Please do. Give our girl justice. Hashtag justice for Black Widow. (sighs) Yeah. And I'm curious to see how the um, Disney Plus thing turns out, too. I kind of want to see Disney get screwed over a little. I'm vindictive like that. Ah, well, you know, if, if the big happening, you know, comes comes about, we can potentially do an update on the podcast about it, but we'll see. Um, anyway, well, that's all I had to say. Any last minute thoughts or ready to sign off here? Uh, nope. Nope. Um, good. Just a solid B for the movie. Just enjoyed it this time around. It, like, obviously not my favorite Marvel movie, but it's definitely not down on that list where i'm just like why what did you do with your life kind of thing you know yeah it's a b plus for me it would have been at least an a minus if this came out five years ago but here we are (laughs) Um, here we are but otherwise that's all my thoughts unless you want to hear all my like hopes and dreams that will never manifest because you know marvel just hates me specifically but you know otherwise i'm i'm good i said all i needed to say uh covered a lot of things that i felt like needed to be said and you covered things that i almost forgot about so honestly i'm i'm solid all right well yeah thank you all so much for listening and yeah sorry for for the delay on it but you know real life things happened and and also i think it was for the better i think we had more to say because we had more time to really digest it and sit with it and yes so i think i think it turned out pretty well things considered so uh, thank you all so much for listening if you want to keep up with what we're what we're doing uh you can Hit us up on Tumblr on our website at nerdalertgirls.tumblr.com. And you can also reach out to us at nerdalertpod on Twitter or email us at nerdalertgirlspodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a chance, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would help other people find our show. We would really, really appreciate it if you would take a moment to do that. Um, So thank you so much. And we we will talk to you next time on... Nerd alert. alert. Girls. Girls. <laughs> All right. Roger, Roger. Steve, Roger, Rogers. <laughs> wow, I love you. That's great. <laughs> Bye. Bye.